Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Gen V Season 1, serving as a spin-off of The Boys by Eric Kripke and based on The Boys comic book story arc, We Gotta Go Now by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. It's funny. I mean, this was kind of been in development for a little while. Um, I've read the boys comic books, thankfully. Um, and there was a lot of back and forth about what this spin-off show was going to be. Uh, anyone listening and who isn't familiar, the boys comic books. Uh, more, a lot more comic book targeted in terms of its uh, source material than the TV series being taking advantage of things like um, uh, summer events that happen in comic books for both Marvel and DC uh, and the sort of event fatigue that readers kind of tend to fall into with these events, one going into the next one and not giving readers a chance to take a break and blowing out their pool lists. But with what Gen V's eventually ended up being is that was their idea for all of the different teen hero squad books. You're talking Teen Titans, X-Men heavily um, targeted uh, for this specifically, and other uh, members of that kind. Uh, it was actually the G-Men in the comic book. Uh, for this storyline, uh, taking a big target of the X Men and the it's Godolkin U, uh, which they very coolly abbreviate to God U in the show. Um, but their Professor Xavier, Mr. Godolkin or Dr. Godolkin, was uh, all the worst aspects uh, projected onto uh, their Professor X stand in that writers like Grant Morrison and that have also used in the X-Men comics, but, you know, turn up to like 13 in the, uh, in the comic book. So it actually makes a lot of sense them doing it as a spinoff. Uh, they didn't go quite into some of the bits and pieces. You know, one of the things, one of those, the Teen Titans-esque heroes from an earlier storyline in the comics had been rumored be the spin-off initially but i am glad they've gone this way because it's an easier setup for a spin-off show you could have not watched the boys and stepped right into this and it does a fairly good job of coaxing you in um and it being a school setting you know it's we follow a new student as she goes to this university and it's very it works really well in that kind of uh, teen drama setup, which yeah. they utilize to its max. <laughs> yeah, it, it does work really well. It's been years now. In fact, years before the boys started on Prime, that I did read the comics, but I read them, you know, as trade paperbacks. When it first came out, can you remember the first, the first few issues? Maybe the first six actually started at DC Comics before it ended yeah. up at Dynamite, because it was under, I think it was the Wildstorm imprint. It was, yeah. 
So it's weird to think wow. it started at DC, obviously too edgy, moved over to Dynamite. But just like the boys, this version of the Teen Heroes, it is different to what we've got in the comics, as you say. Like, I remember Hero Gasm from the comics. So from my memory of what I read all those years ago, I've got to be honest, I was interested in this show and I do enjoy the boys TV series. But I was like, oh, I'll watch it when it's out and I ended up watching it quicker than I normally would have to get ready for this podcast. I've got to say, I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to going into it. And it was because it wasn't just teens with powers, going to parties, sex and all of that. You've got this mystery that is running through the series. You've got the woods. You've got soups that are going missing. But then it doesn't feel like it's off to the side. It feels like you're in the world of the boys. There's characters, actors coming back. And even if it's just like a cameo for like an ad or a movie poster, whatever it may be, you very much feel as though this is the world of the boys and yeah just having that mystery running through it had me enjoying it a lot more than i thought i would going into it yeah and funny enough yeah i thought this would be less severe than the boys why i thought that i have no idea it ended up being in some ways worse um with the boys you know, it doesn't shy away and it hasn't shied away since season one of sh- showing the uh, real life implications of people with abilities this this out of control. Uh, and they, they've always shown there can be a downside to those powers, not just for the people who live in the worlds, uh, like the people who get caught in the crossfire, but also the way the powers work for the heroes and the this other strange side effects that kick in. I mean, you have the deep who uh, to breathe underwater like Aquaman does actually has gills because of course he does. He has to breathe underwater and that's the organ that exists that allows that, but that gives him body issues, uh, uh, body image issues. Um, you've got other heroes who um, like, with a train, you know, being his powers of speed, just like a professional athlete, you know, his lifespan for his superheroing isn't as long because his body's wearing out faster and that is making him slower, not slow compared to a human by any stretch, but there are other speedsters who are, you know, presumably faster than him because they're younger. So they're in there. They're the young rookies uh, ready to go pro where he's the pro who veteran, who's kind of approaching the twilight of his career. But for these teenagers, like young adults, it's worse in all the ways that it tends to be where they're entering into their powers uh, and adulthood at the same time. So the, um, the exploitative nature of, their business, um, some similarities there to the entertainment industry itself of like, and especially youth and social media culture of like, it's all about likes and they are trying to do whatever it takes to get more eyes on them because that'll get them a deal for a TV show or something. I'm like, that's a realistic 
issue facing young people now and they it really helps the storyline of the show and their ranking system to get into to be a hero the way a traditional hero is supposed to be they don't need to just be have a, an ability and a desire to want to stop to fight crime they also need to be marketable in multiple demographics in multiple areas and they have to be popular enough work up the social rankings to be afforded the opportunity to begin even just before they even start it's uh it, and then you have all the other stuff of again these are not quite adults being exploited by uh people in power whether they be teachers or business types or each other the way they um do things and we find out towards the end of the show uh some of the really bad side effects of some of these abilities whether it's uh causing micro tears like a, a pro athlete would get from blows to the head and getting like essentially um uh concussions constantly uh to uh schizophrenia or bipolar disorder and the more mental side that might come from the abilities the one of the main characters has uh, you know like a bo- almost body dysmorphia because her abilities is she can shrink or grow but it's to do so she needs to vomit shrink or eat to get large again um yeah so it's a really fertile ground for the storytelling yeah but that's it just what you're saying there with the powers so yes yeah, so we've you know like say she's having to make herself you know be sick so there's definitely you know things going on here like uh, we've got a hero who cuts herself we've got a character who's a gender shifter so all these things going on with identity and what they're having to put their bodies through you know to be soups or to be popular to be to be famous so yeah so you've got the you know the action and everything else and it's as gory as the boys but then yeah you've got these effects of what their powers take on them or have have on them so gen v serves as the third tv series in the boys franchise and its first season is set concurrently with the fourth season of the boys so that was interesting when you kind of caught up and those storylines crossed over and you had homelander and the plane that was cool the series premiered on amazon prime video september 29th 2023 and has received mostly positive critical reviews with praise for the character's humor, storyline, and performances of its cast, particularly Sinclair, Broadway, Phillips, and German. We'll get into them more in a moment. While the writing and pacing garnered mixed reception, nonetheless, many reviewers deemed it a strong spin-off from its predecessor. And October 2023, less than a month after its premiere, it was renewed for a second season. Oh, good, because where it ends left me going, wait, what? Huh? Ah, exactly. Don't do yeah. that. This room has no doors. Yes. Yeah. So we want to see what happens next. So Jazz Sinclair, she plays Marie Moreau. She's, well, she's one of the main characters, and she's got the ability of cutting, well, she cuts herself, and then she can manipulate the blood as a weapon and she's got the tragic past where you find out what happened to her when she was a kid and this is the thing as well like 
none of these kids chose to be soups. Their parents did it when they were kids with compound V. So whatever is happening to them as teens, their parents put it all in motion. Yeah, and that's something that they bring up uh, mid-episode three or four, where the other characters who are established at the school already are kind of angry at Marie because they feel like she's capitalizing on their friend's death to work her way up through the rankings. Uh, but they kind of have a moment of, you know, where she, she's been putting on a fake thing of like, no, 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 I, my parents are alive and, you know, I wasn't an orphan and da 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 to where she just kind of spits of like, you know, like the actual truth of like, my parents are dead and it happened the first time my powers triggered because I was so terrified. And they respond to like, uh, well, you know, it's their fault. They gave us the freaking thing. And so, and they didn't know what it was going to do. No one knew what it was going to do because no one knows how anyone's abilities are going to manifest or when they're going to manifest. So, yeah. So any, so don't feel bad for them. It's actually on them. They victimized you, not the other way around, which I thought worked really well. Yeah, no, me. Yeah, Yeah, well, well, that's it. And with her powers as well, like we're told she doesn't know this yet that she could potentially be one of the strongest soups with what she can do. She fully unlocks her her potential. Uh, She explodes body parts. Um, One guy in particular, wow, awful. Yeah. Awful to watch. I mean, he had it coming, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But that was. That was awful. It's really cool how they're having her show what she can do with her powers. But I mean, it's blood. It's gross. Like no matter what she's yeah. doing with it. Yeah, and anyone she fights is going to have blood in them. So yep. it gives her an advantage against anyone as long as they're alive and have blood. Uh, and you kind of get this towards the back half of the season. Uh, spoilers to anyone who hasn't watched the show yet, please do so beforehand. But it's revealed that her abilities are basically the exact same as uh, Senator Newman from the last two seasons, the boys uh, who herself explodes body parts. Uh, We don't know. We didn't know up until this, how she was doing it. We just assumed it was like, she looks in someone's, Thing explodes. Well, head specifically. Yeah, yeah. She targets the head. We see her do it here as well. So it's really, really interesting. I mean, this is a character that before we even get introduced to in the show, like in her childhood, like she has gone through a lot already. But like, you know, just jumping to, you know, throughout the season to the end, like she is a good person. And yeah, you can say that about. A lot of them, really. I mean, we'll get to you know, Sam and everything he's gone through, but a handful of characters or a couple of characters go in a different direction by the end. But for the most part, you know, whether it's Marie, whether it's Andre Anderson, played by Chance Perdomo, good people that actually yeah. want to help. And that's what I thought was a main difference when you're looking at the boys and the seven. Yeah, these are, them are them why they're... Yeah, they're dicks because they've already gone through the system and this is how Vault works and they understand it's actually just about growing their brand and their marketability for their own profitability where these yeah. are still 
idealistic and young and doing it for the saves and doing it for like this is what good people do. That's you it. get that especially from Marie and Andre because Andre's a legacy. His father was a superhero um, with the exact same power set, so he grew up idolizing his father. Uh, and so he and that adds another interesting dynamic of what happens when you go to an Ivy school when your parent was. Well, is not just one of the uh, teachers, but also a well-respected graduate of that school, um, which, again, this all works. If you were to remove the gore and their abilities, you could probably still, this show would still probably work as just a, a drama, but that's just another layer on top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then even Andre, who is probably, along with Marie, one of the you know, the better like characters that want to do the right thing. He still got with his best friend, Luke's girlfriend, you know, yeah. so even then yeah. it's, it's kind of like showing. So even when it's a character, you know, this is going to be like the person who's a good guy, does the right thing, still flawed characters. A favorite of mine, right? Lizzie Broadway is Emmy Meyer, also known as little yeah. cricket a soup with the ability to alter her size by purging or eating, but she could also get big, which was like, yeah. oh, wow, it's cool when she got big, which she is a really likable character. And the actress did look familiar, and I looked her up, and it's not from something good that I've seen, but it's an Apple movie, Ghosted, with Anna de Armas and Chris Evans. She plays... Yeah. Chris Evans' little sister in that. She's got a couple of scenes, and she's fun in that. And But really, really like her in this, and she gets the connection with with Sam, which plays a big part in yeah. this. But, yeah, her, and she's her the, abilities. She's the bubbly best friend as well. She is, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she's shorter than the rest, which, you know, helps you as, like, as an audience member, like, feel more protective of her because she's the one she's the like slight build like oh we gotta protect her she's precious but she's also you know even though it's keeps putting her in um in bad positions she keeps being the one to like reach out first like everyone wants to do things the good right thing but she's the one who generally starts and (laughs) keeps paying the price for it which I also liked of you know it's you know it's the it's the first the trailblazer that usually suffers and the ones that follow them up get the kudos. Um, but yeah, she's she is fantastic. She's yeah. bubbly when she needs to be. She's angry and spiteful. She's funny. She's flawed. You she hits it on every on on every play like every every emotional beat she requires. She's you know, hits it square on. Yeah, absolutely. And this show at times, there's puppets. There's not really puppets, <laughs> but we, the audience, are seeing what Sam is seeing. You know, Sam, played yeah. by Asa German. I keep mentioning the character Sam, uh, Luke's brother. So Luke doesn't stick around, we'll get to him. But Sam is a character that he, he's been isolation, he's been captive pretty much his whole life, experimented on, but then he develops a genuine connection with with Emma. And they have that sex scene. And then he starts seeing her as a puppet, which I thought was pretty funny. And there's also yeah. that moment where she leaves him in her room 
and he's going and he pulls out a knicker drawer and she's got different size knickers for like if she's big yeah. if she's <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny she's got like little yeah. Barbie size like knickers yeah like action figure style stuff in a drawer as well so yeah so she is excellent and Sam a really tortured character but we're getting a really good performance here and this is a very powerful character soup with superhuman strength and durability and another scene where he's seeing puppets and he's just pulling the puppets arms apart and it's like yeah, just and their blood's split. like sequence <laughs> yeah sequence yeah but then it cuts to at the end when he's walking away and there's just like dead bodies hanging and yeah because i was place. curious i'm like i think this is actually happening yeah but yeah his <laughs> Poor broken mind is perceiving it this way. But I was also prepared for if it was all in his head and there was nothing there. Yeah. Like it, was, it could have gone that way. Like it was really well the sequence, done. He's yelling at the TV. It's like, shut your mouth, Jason's TV Ritter. Uh, TV's Jason Ritter. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. And it was just a cameo from Jason Ritter. Yeah. I thought that was, yeah. That was really yeah, great. That was really fun. Can you remember what, what Sam's favorite movie is? Waterworld. Waterworld. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. And do you know what? Waterworld does have a comic book, but let's uh, let, let that be a conversation <laughs> for another time. But uh, yeah, yeah, Waterworld, that was uh, pretty funny. You know it was in Waterworld? Just for like a quick scene at the beginning of the movie, Jack Black. Really? Jack Black is in Waterworld, and Jack Black is also in a film that we're going to review. Demolition Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't notice that trivia. I don't even think... I, I saw him as I was watching it. He's got no lines of dialogue. But anyway, we'll get to Demolition Man. But Waterworld, that is Sam's favourite movie. So there, there you go. Yeah, we have uh, Jordan Lee. played. This is the character that can change from a, a, man, a boy to a girl or a man to a woman or... A male to a female, depending on identifies as both. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's played by both uh, London Thor, who's the male version, and oh wait, no, no that's, that's the, the female fe- version. Yeah, the, see, and Derek La <laughs> as uh, as the female version. Which yep. this is a fascinating character because when the show starts, they are number two on the ranks behind Luke, who again we'll get to, but. They are super competent, not only Absolutely, super competent yeah. uh, in their combat prowess, but also their intelligence, um, their their strategy, their commitment. They're like you being an Asian character, uh, hence the surname Lee, like Jet Lee. Uh, but they're also, yeah, on that, it makes sense again in this like Ivy League school that in terms of the, the thematically of like top of the class kind, and the teacher's assistant, the, the assess, uh, professor's assistant, it's Lee. They're the ones who have the uh, academic kudos to go with their athletic ability. Um, and the both of them are having are doing great. It's got to be a tough role because they've got to pop in and out all the time, not just middle of fight sequences, but depending on where they are emotionally and what they're trying to sell. Like, I do like that when they're getting more aggressive it goes to the male because he's taller and knows that psychologically speaking 
people are more likely to back down from a guy than they are from a girl, despite the fact that she'd kick their ass. Well, Marie calls them out when she said, you know, when you want to make a point, you're male. Like she, yeah. she calls them out on it. What I thought was interesting, though, is that there's two different power sets. So you're saying really competent in a fight when when male he's got different abilities to when when female so in female more durable yeah she fires or they fire energy blasts but then in the masculine form superhuman durability yeah at first i thought that the blast was because they were changing form but it's yeah, actually it a different like an energy. Yeah, I thought that's what I thought. Energy build up and they release. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but it, he's yeah, got. I didn't take notice that it was always when the in female form. Yeah, so when they are getting knocked around in a fight, it's the masculine form, and then the feminine form when firing energy blasts. So I thought that was visually really cool. And sometimes too quick that you'd actually miss it. And the other one we've not talked about yet is Maddie Phillips as Kate Dunlap, a soup with telepathic abilities, primarily yeah. in the form of tactile mind control, and she's Luke's longtime girlfriend. Honestly, we will talk about Luke at yeah. some point. <laughs> what I like about her is it's a callback to an old Vertigo comic, but when she, she uses like hypnotic suggestion, uh, and she has to make contact, skin to skin contact with someone, specifically her hands, in order to to have someone fall under the influence of her telepathic suggestion, uh, which seems to be no one can resist it. If she's wants to influence you, she she will. But they call it pushing, like that. And there was a a movie of this push with uh, Chris Evans and Dakota Fanning and a few others. Yeah, but I thought that was cool because that is what she's doing. She's pushing people's like uh, will to to go the way she wants it to. You know, like how far she could go, we aren't aware. If it's something completely against their character, could she make them do it? It's not explored. But yeah, I just like that, and it's it takes a toll. You see it like kind of bursting blood vessels in her eyes the more she has to tax herself and overuse it. Um, and she uses it in some creative and disturbing ways as well. Yeah, she does. But by the end, yeah, I mean, the whites of her eyes are almost all red because it is found that the medication she was taking was actually suppressing her abilities. It wasn't actually helping her because she'd been, she's the one that's manipulating her friends and people around her, but then her herself is being manipulated. So then yeah. she's just passing it on with, with her abilities but yeah she's a really strong character and her and sam you know it's them two teaming up at the end so we'll have to wait for season two to see what happens with those characters luke let's talk let's talk about <laughs> luke Ryden. golden he, boy golden boy sam's older brother he's a popular student with pyrokinesis and superhuman strength and i didn't realize it until I'd watched a few episodes, played by Patrick Schwarzenegger, Arnie's yep. son. Yep. I had no idea. <laughs> no yeah, idea. I, uh, I found out like when, you know, before I started watching, writing up my notes, and I wrote down his name. I'm like, wait a minute. And a friend I, who was watching the show 
gotten on to me that it was uh, Arnie's son. And then because I knew that going in, I'm like, oh, Arnie's son's in here somewhere. And then as soon as I saw his face, I'm like, oh, there he is. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, just seeing the name Schwarzenegger in the cast, it's not like Smith, is it? I mean, there's a no. lot of Smiths. There's yeah. only one Schwarzenegger family. So he's like, yeah, wow, that's um, yeah. that's him. But he's he's great. Like he's he is, doing he again. Is, yeah. He's got a lot of range. Um, he's a sympathetic character, and someone you've you you are rooting for, and also, unfortunately, the catalyst for everything that happens later for the rest of the season yeah uh, I mean, at his own cost i mean i just say short-lived but fortunately the show does find a way through sam to bring him back so although yeah. luke is absolutely dead the show finds ways to to bring his character back which was good and doing prep for this i found out that producers for the boys reached out to patrick schwarzenegger after meeting him when he auditioned for Homelander in the original series. Oh, he wow. wasn't allowed to read any scripts until he was officially cast. So that's that's interesting because he fits this really well. Like, you know, Golden Boy at a school. Yep. Homelander, though, too young, surely. I mean, Anthony Starr is perfect, but he's much yeah. older than Patrick Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, like... When you said Homelander, that's I was equally surprised. I'm like, but he's so young. How could he like possibly play such a? It feels like an older role. I, I guess that's also my own thought of like Superman should be in his 30s. He's had some world experience, and you need that added level of maturity in order to buy some of his um, authority. Yeah. Ironically, uh, but yeah. He, for this, he's absolutely perfect. He's fantastic. Honestly, he really is fantastic. And I don't think I've seen him in anything else. But in this, he he's really good. You know, on Anthony Starr, because he is in this, in the yeah. season finale. And he's not in it for a lot. And I, I like what they did when when he, was first, when he first appeared. The music very quickly went from sounding heroic to something else. I really like that because... It wasn't a heroic scene, but it's as if they played the heroic part and then stopped it really short, which I really liked. But Anthony Starr has so little screen time in this, but it's okay because it's not his show. Yeah. He commands such a presence. Like, just yeah. Homelander, it, it's it's the eyes. It's the way that he, he clenches his jaw. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, wow. It's, he rocks really... up and then... He makes an accusation that we know is false, but everyone freezes like, oh crap. Like yeah. I, other heroes know, like you don't you don't mess with Homelander. Like he's uh he's terrifying. Um yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Let's go back to the first episode. Clancy Brown as Brink. Yeah. So good. I, I, whenever, whenever we see Clancy Brown, whether it's Highlander. Whether it's Pet Cemetery Two, whether it's watching episodes of Superman the animated series where we get to hear him as Lex Luthor, I mean Clancy Brown. What did we review recently? Ahsoka. It was Re in that. Yeah, Ahsoka. Yeah. The beginning of Ahsoka, reprising his role from the animated series. Love seeing Clancy Brown in anything, and here he is playing a professor at 
Godolkin University. There's a bit of a villain in this one, so he's in on it. He knows what's been happening, all the experimenting that's been done on the students. So his role also short-lived, but we do get flashbacks and get to see him in dream sequences. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he, despite his epic voice, which we know from villain roles or just action roles in general, he's equally adept at playing like the mentor role or like the, the father figure, which is what his Professor Brink is for most of the students. Um, and then it changes on a dime of like in that first episode where he's like, you understand like, the point of the story about sacrifice yes and you're like yeah 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 good because i'm about to pin all this crap on you yeah to save other students i care about you're like wait what <laughs> i was i was totally on i, I thought, really thought this was like a you proved yourself welcome to the team but yeah they just turn it on a dime like that um and you believe his motivation as well yeah no, like that. he played it played it very very well we've got yeah. derrick wilson as robert vernon Tech Knight. What a great <laughs> name. Tech yeah. Knight. Such a great, great name. He's a true crime TV host and former superhero who uses his show to cover up scandals for uh, Vought. Yeah, he, he's great. Um, yeah. Holes. He likes holes. <laughs> it's a thing. That, yeah. At, they, at the uh, end they of the, it, the, end they, of the episode. <laughs> they turn it down from the comic because right. he's like an Iron Man type in the comic, and eventually, you know, he, there's a there's an asteroid heading towards Earth, but it has an orifice on it. So that his his heroic end is he goes and like sodomizes the asteroid right, so to change its trajectory <laughs> but it kills him. So yeah, so I didn't I didn't think they were going to keep that in on a smaller budget. <laughs> Like, yeah, so instead of an asteroid, it's him looking at the hole in a tree and he's getting distracted. Yeah. He's okay, can we wrap up this um video segment, please? Yeah. I need some privacy, yeah. Because yeah. I noticed I, I the episode I noticed when he picks up the uh tape dispenser and then just rubs the, the center of it gently. That's when I'm like, oh, it's right. in there, it's totally you, still in right. there. I didn't know what we were in for. I mean, I don't even remember that from the comics. I, I probably need a refresher because, again, it's been so many, so many years. Oh, we do get Jensen Ackles back as Soldier Boy. Um, yeah. Well, he is Soldier Boyfriend in this, in the dream sequence. <laughs> you find out he was Kate's childhood imaginary friend, and he taught her everything she knows. About uh, sex. <laughs> about sex. I mean, Jensen Ackles, he's great. He was really good in that last season of The Boys. Yeah. Obviously, he isn't that character, um, but we're getting a a made-up version, imaginary version of him. And it was just a fun way of including him in the show. I thought it was really cool how they got him. Got yeah. Him yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, we also get... Although you don't really see him until very, very incredibly briefly in the final episode, the son of Translucent, which that's right, works really well. He's a character, uh, Maverick. Uh, he's actually played by Nicholas Hamilton. But yeah, you don't actually get to see him until again briefly when he kind of gets knocked out in the final episode. But he keeps popping up regularly, and he's like everyone keeps coming to him, and he's giving them really smart advice because like his father he's kind of an observer of human behavior um but 
he's also like his father, a degenerate, but his girlfriend, I'm assuming it's a soup who can turn into a goat. <laughs> yeah. But there's uh, something going on there. <laughs> yeah, there's something there's something definitely going on there. Yeah, but it's a uh, yeah, great character. Um you you don't see get to, he's doing mostly voice work, I suppose, because again, you don't see him. It's just a cap and glasses and the rest of him's invisible. But yeah, he's he does a brilliant job. Uh he's used very sparingly, but very well. Yeah. Absolutely. And and to think like with such an ensemble cast, because again, we've got our main our core cast, but then all the supporting cast that are coming in and out of the show constantly, because the you know, it's not going to somebody's house that always at a school. There's people always walking in the background, people to interact with. You know, it's a school, there's parties. So, yeah, they do a good job of balancing everybody. Everybody gets their, gets their moment. But, okay, if you're going to rate Gen V out of five. I'm, I'm coming up out of four out of five. Um, everyone's doing a really great job. The acting's really great. This it's the production budget's right up there with the boys itself, and it does really good things. Of you know exactly where it falls in line in the timeline for the boys because of like you said, it's like you're living. It's something happening in the world of the boys. Um, and I very quickly got attached to these characters and was along for the ride. Um, the 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 way they used the setting and the emotionality of people at that age combined with everything else I thought was just genius. And because they've got a lot more leeway because the comic doesn't really focus on these people, these most for the most part are created characters. It gives them a lot of freedom. Um, How about yourself? Yeah. Like you, I'm going to come in. It's an easy, easy four did really enjoy it and again it was the mystery that got me initially like what's really going on what's the dark secret of the school but as you say you quickly get to like these characters and with them being new like i said the show can shape them how they need them and then just where we get left with that cliffhanger and such a brisk watch i mean we're talking what so it's eight episodes some of them half an hour Half an yeah. hour runtime. So that surprised me as well. So, I mean, one, it's enjoyable, but they really are quite quick to watch. So it's yeah. a really easy show to binge. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this, but just the mystery and what happens next, you know, just has me hopeful for what we're going to get in that second season. So, yeah, four out of five. Well, yeah. that's it for our episode all about Gen V. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.